You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report. India. All right, well, it's time for India, the Voice of America correspondent in the South Asia Bureau, all the way from New Delhi. Let's welcome Anjana Pasricha. And namaste, Anjana. How are you? Fine, John. How are you today? I'm very, very well indeed. Like us, you've had student protests last month. What were yours all about, Anjana? Well, you know, John, the protests erupted virtually across the country after a student union leader of a top university in New Delhi was arrested under the very serious charge of sedition for allegedly shouting anti-India slogans that spoke of, you know, splitting India into pieces. This happened at an event to slam the 2013 hanging of a Kashmiri Muslim who this left-leaning group says was wrongly convicted for a terror attack on India's parliament. Now, the all the student protesters calls the students' arrest an assault on free speech, an effort to muzzle political activism in universities. And even those in civil society who felt maybe the slogans went too far, they too denounced the sedition charges as very heavy-handed. It's a very antiquated law from the British era, which still continues on the books. An attack on the arrested student by some lawyers shouting nationalist slogans when he came for the court hearing only worsened matters. Basically, the whole incident has snowballed into a fiery national debate on whether the Hindu nationalist government is cracking down on political dissent in the name of patriotism. The government's defense is free speech has boundaries, but the tag of intolerance it is acquiring, or rather the ruling party is acquiring, is gaining currency after this incident. Isn't that interesting as well? And I see you're trying to boost the farm sector. Tell us about that. Well, you know, John, two poor uh, monsoons have left India's farmers reeling under heavy crop losses and huge debts. Despite the fact that India is being hailed as the bright spot amid the global economic downturn, you know, the country's rural sector is in deep distress. And as two-thirds of India depends on farm incomes, that translates into a pretty grim scene for millions of people. So the government in its annual budget yesterday outlined measures to double farmers' incomes in five years by investing nearly $13 billion in irrigation, rural roads, etc. Farm experts welcome these measures, but they say they will not bring any immediate relief to farmers, which is what they need because these are all long-term measures. And of course, many say the government's focus on the rural sector is basically a political gambit to help the ruling party woo back the dwindling support of rural India as it gears up for a series of regional, regional polls this year, later this year. You know, the government promised, the ruling party promised better days to come when it won power two years ago, but that has, hasn't really happened, especially in villages, and this could spell trouble because rural India accounts for the bulk of the voters. India has got a huge problem building toilets. We know this, and there's a massive, massive campaign, but I believe it's not progressing too well. Why is that, Anjana? Well, in the past year, the government has built some 9 million toilets under an accelerated drive to end open defecation. Some 600 million Indians do not have access to toilets. But the campaign has run into a wall of resistance. Many people refuse to use the toilets. They've turned them into go-downs, locked them up, even broken them down. You know the reason? Cultural notions lead many to believe there should be no latrines in or near the home, a place where you do puja or worship. Also in villages and urban slums, these latrines are not connected to sewer lines, so the cleanliness factor has become a big stumbling block. People would rather go into the open than have to clean up the toilets. So these are big, big challenges the government has to solve before it ends open defecation. Fascinating. Anjana, thank you very much indeed. Anjana Pasrika, Voice of America correspondent in the South Asia Bureau. So many issues they have that are, there are similarities and some of them are exactly the same uh, with India, except, of course, it's, it's 10 times bigger, more than that.